Good afternoon and welcome back to Chapel Shorts. This is your host, Mr. Admire. It's great to be with you again. Uh, as promised last week, we were able to record our students singing a theme verse to a tune that Mrs. Larson put together. That recording is going to be at the end of this episode. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes just to an MP3 file. Uh, so that you guys can download that and listen to it. Now, I will say this was recorded just on my phone. It's not studio quality, but we are going to try to get a better quality recording done at some point this year uh, so that we can put that out as a resource for our families as well. So be sure to listen to that at the end of the episode. I won't even be offended if you skip to the end just so you can hear it because it's that good. Today in chapel, we picked up where we left off in Colossians chapter 3. Now, if you remember last week, Colossians chapter 3 had this conditional command that if we've been raised with Christ, we are to seek the things that are above. And then it gave an explanation in verse 3. It says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so when someone becomes a Christian, they die to their old way of life. They're now made new or born again. And there is now new life, new spiritual life. But with new spiritual life also comes a new battle. There is a new war that is now being waged against the Christian, and that is the war against sin. See, prior to this, prior to conversion, Scripture says we were slaves to sin, and we lived in rebellion against God. But once we are converted and given a new heart, we are to fight against sin. But honestly, the the word fight is not the best word to describe what this passage tells us to do. This passage doesn't say that we are to fight against sin in verse 5. It says that we are to kill our sin. It's about as strong of language as you could imagine. Verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And so in the rest of this passage, we see three things. Three things about this command that will be our outline for today. And the first is the who of the command. Who is it that's supposed to put this to death? Uh, put sin to death. The second is the what. What exactly are we to put to death? And the third is how. How are we to do this? What encouragements from the passage do we have in this task of putting to death our sin? Well, the first, the who of the command. This command is for believers. And a couple things I noted for our students there is that believers are not to be passive in their fight against sin. They can't sit back and say, you know what, I'm just going to trust in God's sovereignty. I'm going to wait for him to move in my heart and then I'll kill sin. That's not what the passage says. We are not to be passive in putting to death our sin. And I encourage our students to beware of letting good theology in your head excuse you of rebellion in your heart. And so believers are called to do this actively. The second thing that's important to note about the who of this command, is this is the fight of the believer. Some people can't put away sin because they've not died to it. They're not dead to the things of this earth, and they need to be converted. So just striving to be better is never the answer, the biblical answer for what you need most in your life. It's always to trust in Christ. And for those who have trusted in Christ and have new life, now they put to death what belonged to that old way of life. Well, that's the who of the command. Then we go to the what of the command. And we have what I I call two views in this passage. One's a macroscopic view, a a really big picture general call, and then a microscopic view, uh, which gives details. What we are to put to death, the scripture says, is what is earthly in you. This would be the macroscopic view or the general call. Anything in you that is not of God, anything in you that is, that is earthly or not heavenly. And this is good because it doesn't allow us to evade 
a list of sins where we say, well, maybe my sin isn't on that list, so it's not so bad. Well, this actually includes everything. It's all-encompassing. So I asked our students, what within them is not of the Lord? And then I said, right there is where the crosshairs of our sanctification needs to be targeted. That's what we need to be putting to death. But you also see in this passage a microscopic view, meaning specific lists of things that we are to put to death. And I probably won't go into to much detail at all here, but I will read them. Verse 5 says, uh, Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. One thing I will note about that list, it moves from the outward expression into the heart, all the way down to idolatry. And it's worth noting that every sin we commit is idolatry at its heart. It's a worship of something else over God and a trusting of something else over God. And so those outwork, the, the, the initial things that were listed are outworkings of idolatry within our heart. The second list includes our attitude towards others, which includes wrath, anger, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And we're also told, do not lie to one another. That comes in verses 8 and 9. So this is a specific list of things that believers are not to do. And we spent time talking about those things and the expression of those things for our students in chapel. I won't get into those details in chapel shorts, but just recognize there are specific things that believers are to put away. Well, the third thing we see in the passage is the how of the command. How are we to do this? And this this passage includes five motivations for us in putting to death our sin. The first thing we see in the passage itself is in verse 6, which says, On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So he mentions that list and says, Remember, the wrath of God is coming against these sins. Well, the second motivation we have really comes in the paragraph before there's that connection set your minds on things that are above so this is a means by which we put these things to death if we keep our focus on our future our eternal future then that will allow us to throw off everything that interferes with that focus the third motivation is to recognize who we are putting to death is an active present activity we're supposed to do But verse 9 talks about something that's already happened within us. Verse 9 says, Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge. So the putting off and putting on is something that's already happened. The old self has been put off, or we've, we've died to the old self, and now we're alive and have put on the new self. And I told the students, this is kind of like wearing a basketball jersey. Right, when I'm on a team and I'm identified with that team, I wear their jersey. And if I go on the court and start playing for the other team, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm not on their team. I put on the jersey for a different team. It's much like when someone becomes a Christian as if they put on the jersey for Christ. They, they are found in Christ and they represent Christ. And how foolish would it be to go play the game as if we're scoring points against Christ? So that's not who we are. That's not the team we belong to. We need to recognize who we are in order to put off the things that we are to put off. We don't want to be caught scoring points for the other team. Well, the fourth means of of fulfilling this is with a renewed mind. Verse 10 says, Put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And we mentioned how scripture is integral and essential for the renewal of our minds. And then finally, this passage ends with something that almost seems out of place when you look at it at at first glance, where he says, Here there is not Greek, 
and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And when you look at those sin lists, the second one especially has to do with your attitude towards others. And this is a reminder that, and this is our fifth motivation, that the divisions that we had outside of Christ no longer exist. And as we close, I reminded them that the call is not to struggle with sin, but to kill our sin. We are to put these things to death and to live in the new life that we've been called to. All right, well, that wraps up our episode. And now I will play our theme verse as performed by our grammar students and led by Mrs. Larson. <laughs> 